0: Now Tonight, I want to just carry on, and I, want, I don't want to keep you too long in this place as well. I know that we've got a busy week coming up ahead of us, but I want to just continue what I preached this morning, and the title of my sermon this morning is, uh, Is It You, God? Is It You, God? And it has to do with us having the ability to hear God, and first of all, to know that God is real. How many of you know that God is real? There are some people that, to, who, to whom God is not real. And so they are their own gods. But there's three things that I want to just tell you tonight. And we'll try and wrap this up. That number one, God is alive. And if He is alive, then He is real. And I spoke this morning that there are two ways in which God reveals Himself. He reveals Himself through nature and all of creation. And then number two, He reveals Himself through the hearts of men and women, saved and unsaved. And we have something in the heart that is known as conscience. Do you know that conscience was put in there by God? And so if you never get to hear the Bible, if you never get to hear the message that Jesus loves me down on a cross and that I'm in need of a living, loving Savior, you never get to hear that and you die, you you won't be judged because you never knew the Bible. You will be judged by the inner conscience that you had. And out of that inner conscience, the right and the wrong that you did. Amen. So that is how God has made himself real to people. And I gave scriptures. Then number two, I said, not only is God alive and God real, he is real. But in order for him to be alive means that he must also have the ability to speak. And the Bible says that we were all made in the image of God. All of us, all of us. I don't care what tribe you're from, what clan you're from, what part of the world you are from. Every human being was made in the image of God. And uh, when we think about that, I don't know what kind of thoughts are conjured up in your mind. I think, God, am I as powerful as you? I know I'm strong, but not that strong. Are we omnipresent everywhere all at the same time? I'm here, but I'm also in Hillcrest right now. I'm also somewhere in Florida. Right now on the beach, that's where I am as well. Is there anybody like that? I don't know. Is there somebody here tonight that you're everywhere all at the same time? I don't think so, right? So we're not made in the image of God like that. But how are we made in the image of God, in the similitude and likeness of God? Simply because we are spirit and God is spirit. And your spirit is the most important part of you. Say that with me. My spirit is the most important part of me. And when I die, my spirit will keep on living. So we know that God is spirit, number one. We know that God is eternal. And we know that you are eternal as well. In other words, you might die, but your spirit man keeps on living. And whether you know God or not depends where you will spend the rest of your life living. If you know God, you will spend the rest of your eternal life in the presence of God. If you do not know God through the person of Jesus Christ, then... Uh, it's bad news for you, I'm afraid to say. Amen? So we're made in the image of God because He is spirit, I am spirit. He is an eternal being, and I am also an eternal being. I will never die. You will never die. I want you to think a little bit about that because I know one day we'll put you in a box, and you'll put me also in a box, should Jesus tarry, but actually the real you will keep on living and living and living. So He's spirit, I'm spirit, he's eternal, I'm eternal, but also we we are speaking spirits, and God is a speaking God. And I said this morning that God is rich in speech, hallelujah. That ever since from the Garden of Eden, God wanted to communicate. In that garden, when you look at how Adam interacted with God, that's that's a picture, that's a blueprint of you and I. You and I being in our garden. You and I being in this world, in this day and age, and allowing heaven to come and occupy our place, our, wherever we're at, open to God coming in so that it would be like every place that I go would be every place where God goes. Do you know that every place where you go, if you carry this word of God, it's as if God is going there as well. It would be like God coming in there. That's why when Adam spoke, and he named the animals. God and Adam were so intimately connected that it was as if God was down there in the garden. God said, Adam, you, you down there is just as good as me being down there. So whatever animal you name is fine by me because you and I, we're like this. Amen. So God is a God that wants to communicate. He wants to communicate with people. I want you to get it out of your mind that God is trying to hide from humanity. Oh, there's there's somebody. There's Cyril. Let me hide from Cyril. No, it's the other way around. When we mess up, Adam, what did Adam do? He hid from God. God will never hide himself from you. He's not hiding from humanity. He's not trying to make it difficult not to talk to you or talk in, you know, in... In a, in a certain Morse code, so that my God, I don't know what you're trying to, I cannot make heads or tails of what God is saying. He, no, He wants to communicate to you and communicate in the most simplest way possible. Hallelujah. So we need to realize that God is a speaking God. Amen. And that every child of God has a right to hear from God for themselves. Lift your hands and say, It is my right. My privilege and my responsibility to hear from God for myself. I pray that I that you would receive that tonight because I find so many people that are in hard places and have suffered loss and disappointment and all kinds of stuff in life. You know why? Because they didn't think that they had the ability. To hear from God. If you're a child of God, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, all right, before he died on the cross, you and I were enemies to God. Sin separated us. Sin caused our ears to be deaf unto God. We couldn't hear God. It was impossible to know God. But when Jesus died on the cross, he reconciled man back to God so that we would no longer be enemies of God, but we would be friends of God. Hallelujah that we might know God. So it is your right, whoever you are tonight in this place, those of you watching by way of live stream, it's your right to hear the voice of God. Now immediately when I say that, we think, oh, it's an audible voice. This is God speaking. Wants you to go to China. I mean, God might use an audible voice. That's fine. He's God. He can do whatever. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But there are people that I know that have heard the audible voice of God. And God can do that. He can choose to speak in that way if he wants to. We said this morning that there are numerous ways in which God speaks. He can speak through dreams. Anybody ever had God speak to you through a dream? Huh? Some of you, some of you, it was just too much pizza the night before, (laughs) and you couldn't make heads or tails of your dream. Then you try and ask me what that dream means. I couldn't help you right? But he does. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. Peter was up on the rooftop, and he had a vision. A vision is a dream, but your eyes are open, and it's like you're watching a movie. And what happened there? He saw a sheet come down from heaven, and there were all these unclean animals, and he heard a voice say to him, Peter, rise, eat and kill and eat. And he said, not so, Lord, because I cannot touch anything that's unclean. And three times this voice came, no, 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 Peter, I'm telling you to rise, eat, and kill. I'm telling you that was what was once unclean, I'm making clean. And he was referring to the gospel coming to the Gentiles. And then there's a knock at the door, and Cornelius' servants are there. They come and fetch Peter. He goes to Cornelius' house Peter preaches, and while he's preaching, the Holy Ghost comes, and they all get wonderfully saved, and that was the meaning of that. God spoke to Peter through that vision. How many of you know that in the Old Testament, prophets would would have the Spirit of God come upon them, and they would speak? We saw who did that, uh, was it Monday night or Tuesday night, with Apostle Alan? He did the water thing. You remember the cup? Those of you that were here, how many of you were not here? Don't put your hand up. But He did that thing. In the Old Testament, He turned the cup upside down and He poured the Spirit and the Spirit would come upon for a certain time. And then when they had given utterance, the Spirit would leave. But on the day of Pentecost, He turned the cup the other way. The Holy Spirit came and filled and filled. And out of that overflow, amen, they went down into the city and 3,000 people got saved. And now we have the Holy Ghost residing on the inside of us. So in the Old Testament, prophets spoke, but, but God can use the prophetic as well. Hallelujah. How, how many of you know that God can speak through people as well? God can send people along your path. God can even speak through animals. Huh? You thought you were just teaching your budgie some words. No. But I mean, God in the Old Testament used a donkey to warn Balaam. So uh, God can use all kinds of stuff. I think it's what is important, as I said this morning, when we think about God, hearing the voice of God and God speaking to me, automatically we think about the audible voice of God. It's not that way. And God speaks to different people in different ways. Why? Because we're all uniquely made. You are one of a kind. There's nobody like you. Praise God. Some of you are happy about that. Some of you wish there was more of you but there's only one of you. Amen? The point I'm trying to make is that God speaks to us in various ways. And uh, we ought to be open to all of these various ways. The reference, the the actual standard by which we govern all the words that God speaks is found in this book. And so the more of this book that you know, the more clearer the voice becomes. Why? Because when God says, uh, you know, you need to divorce your wife, well, you know that God is not, not in for divorce. Uh, God says, I need you to rise up and slay thou neighbor, for thou neighbor has irritated me. You know that that is contrary to the Scriptures, right? Right? Amen. And so this Bible, this book that we hold, is actually not, uh, it's, the, it's the written form of God's voice to you and I. This book contains 66 individual books, that was written over a time period of 1,500 years, 1,500 years. And there were various authors. And when we look at the Scriptures, the actual Scriptures tell us that the Spirit came upon them and gave them the utterance to be able to put this book together. So we need to understand that this is our reference point. And I said this morning that how you value this book is how this book will value you. If you think of this book, ah, uh, well, it's just a, uh, uh, you know, I'm just using it to stop something. I'm putting it in the door because the door keeps banging. So I'm just going to use it as a door stopper. Then it'll be only a door stopper for you. If you read it as a, oh, I love all the geographical places, Smyrna and uh, Thyatra and uh, Philadelphia, all these geographical pl- I wonder what Philadelphia looks like, Lord. You know and you're into your geography, that's all you'll get from this book, or you're looking for archaeological evidence, that's all you get, but it's more than that. This is the Bible actually says it's God inspired. Can you get 2nd Timothy chapter 3? And I want us to look at a scripture, verse uh, 16, I think it is 2nd uh, Timothy chapter 3, and here it is all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Can you give me the Amplified just that just of that verse because I want to show you that it actually says that all Scripture is God-breathed. The Amplified. The Amplified says all Scripture is God-breathed. Hallelujah. So even though it was written for various churches, Paul was writing to the church of Thessalonica, the church in Corinth, the church in Laodicea, all of that, even though it was written to people way back there living, you know, A.D., 30 A.D., whatever it was, this book is still pertinent to you and I because it is a timeless book and it is God-breathed. God can take what he said through Paul to the churches way back then and make that relevant for us way back now in this time period. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof. Sometimes the Word reproves us. For conviction, sometimes the Word convicts us. For correction, sometimes the Word has to correct us. Hallelujah. And sometimes to discipline us as well. Praise God. That's why we refer to the word, Hebrews 4 and 12 says that the word of God is living and and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a two, there's two edges to this book. The one edge is to fight the enemy. We use the word to fight and slay every enemy that comes against us. Every man-made opinion that will try and belittle you, we slay with the one edge. The other edge is used for ourselves to correct ourselves, to convict ourselves, mm, to rebuke ourselves. Sometimes we need to be rebuked. Sometimes we need a correction, hallelujah. Because the Bible says that the word is like a mirror. It's not a mirror for your friend. Oh, I wish Cyril was here tonight. This word is just for him. You know, he's got that problem. No, this word is a mirror for you. This mirror, when you read it, it doesn't reflect your neighbor. It doesn't reflect your spouse. It doesn't reflect your in-law. I mean, your, uh, your, what, your outlaw. It reflects you. It's showing you what you really like. Hallelujah. I know some of you are not enjoying that. Preach up, g- g- give us something. But it's the truth, amen? So this is important about this word, that it is the standard by which we use to gauge and hear God's word. And what I always tell people is, we always use Scripture to back up Scripture. We use Scripture to interpret Scripture. And we use what we think is the voice of God. We allow the Scripture to interpret that voice or to guide that voice. The Bible says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So, when we are hearing the voice of God, and folks, 99% of the time, where will you hear that voice? Anybody? Can you tell me? Where will you hear that voice? In your spirit, man, in your, in your inner conscience. You will hear it. Might, now, you might have a, 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 an audible voice, and God bless you, man. You, you're obviously somebody high up in God. I mean, you probably, I don't know, you've, you're super special. Not many people have heard the audible voice of God. But 99% of the time, where does He speak? He speaks to us in our innermost being, all right? And so we need the Word to confirm that. We use the Word as a backup. And so I, I never act on something. I always use Scripture to back Scripture up and, for, and by the mouth of two or three witnesses, by, the, by, the, by two or three Scriptures, I let a thing be established if I'm sensing something. You know, the other thing that I want to say is be open to to ways in which God communicates. He can use angels to communicate to you. Hallelujah. How many of you have never seen an angel before? Just keep looking here right now. (laughs) I just throw that in for nothing. But he communicates through angels. When I was seven, eight years old, an angel came into my room. He never communicated to me. And that vision was as real as I see you here tonight. He never said, that angel never said anything to me, but he does. He can communicate through angels. He can communicate through people. God can even use our circumstances to communicate to us as well. Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. So tonight I want the pastors to come up, and uh, as they're coming up, maybe they got, got mics ready, but I want, let me just say something. When I, When the Lord spoke to me about uh, about ministry I was in Cape Town how many of you've heard the story lift your hand if you if you, okay act like you've never heard the story before all right for the sake of those who haven't heard it but when I felt the call of God I studied pharmacy studied four years and then I started a BCom. moved to Cape Town married joy moved to Cape Town I was working in the stock exchange in the day and at night I did locums okay and I was involved in the church there in Cape Town, playing the drums. Always, I was playing the drums here, playing the drums there. When I, when I was, I think, second year at university, I felt the call of God in, in, my, in my life. I felt, I felt the call of God. I would, be, I would be at home on a Friday night with my Bible, my concordance, preparing sermons. But I didn't have anywhere to preach. That's how strong the conviction was. But I didn't stop studying university because I was a firm believer. What you start, you must finish. That was for me, all right? Might not be for you, but that was for me. And so I finished my degree. I did the army. I went down to Cape Town. I started to BCOM. worked in the stock exchange in the day. At night, I did locums. And 93, I felt this strong conviction again in my heart. I went to my wife. I said, sweetheart, I'm hearing God calling us to the ministry. Oh, no ways. Over my dead body. I did not marry a pastor. I married a drummer, I married a pharmacist, and I married a surfer. I thought, oh boy, okay, obviously that's not God. I'm I'm obviously, and and so I went back, and about a month later, I felt again, just this this, uh, impression in my spirit, just the strong impression in my spirit. Now, I'm just giving you practical ways in which you can hear the voice of God. And so I went to my wife, and I said, I'm feeling this thing again, I really am. And she convinced me how that I was just getting caught up in the hype and do I really know what it's like to be a pastor? You don't know. You weren't brought up. You were a Catholic and you were a bad Catholic at that. You, I was a preacher's kid. I know what it's like to be in the ministry. I know the demands. I know the responsibility. And I thought, oh, boy, I'm, I, this is bad. I'm, I'm not hearing from God. And so I put it, I laid it aside. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't fuss over it. And I just laid it aside and carried on doing what I was doing and again, just over time, just I felt a strong impression again. And it became so bad that I said, I, you know what, I'm trying to ignore it. I'm trying to put it down. I'm trying to avoid it at all costs. Okay, I am a pharmacist. I am a drummer. And I'm going to be a, I'm going to finish this BCom degree. I was in my first year. And I, but I said, but sweetheart, I feel this impression. And so she said, well, let's spend time together praying and fasting. And we did that whole week We just had water. On that Sunday night, unbeknownst to us, we had Bishop Bill Hammond. We didn't even know that he was in town. He comes up on the Sunday night, and the first couple that he calls up is Joy and myself. And all the stuff that we had written down, that we had spoken about, just the two of us, just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two. Just the things that we had spoken to the two of us that nobody knew about. I had never told anybody about angelic visitations except my wife. And the very first words that come out of his mouth, he says, when you were a young boy, did I not visit you with angelic visitations? When he said that, I was like, whoa, okay, this is God speaking. I mean, when you know, when it gets to your call, that there are certain things that nobody would know unless it be by the Spirit of God. Then he turned to my wife and he said, and yea, daughter, for the Lord would say, I have tricked you. And uh, tricked you to getting into the ministry. I mean, she it's not that she was anti the ministry. Let me put it that way. She was just looking for a way to avoid it and to, uh, uh, you know, all of that. When the call is there and there is a legacy and there is DNA that's deposited in you because of your parents and who they were, there are some things that are unavoidable. You'll try and run from it. You can try and be a Jonah, but eventually you have to surrender to that. Amen? We walked off the platform, and she said to me, well, I guess that settles that. So that prophetic word just confirmed for me. And let me tell you, it wasn't because we were struggling. Oh, I wonder if the ministry has an opening for me. Things are pretty bad out here. I was about to buy a pharmacy in Camps Bay. I had been trained by a Jewish pharmacist, and he said, my boy, you see, yeah, on this hill, there a lot of Jewish people. If you know how to service them, they will know how to service you and take good care of you. And so I was going to make a lot of spaghetti, man. I was. I had E.J. Adcox that was ready to back me up. They put the money. I just have to sign to put the money up for my, this beautiful pharmacy on Camps Bay. Hello? All right. But I knew God had spoken to me. And one of the words that he gave me, I said, God, man, this is better be you because I'm about to get into this business, make a lot of money. And God said, if, I, if you do what I say, I'll prosper you. If you do what I say, I'll take care of you and your family. Hallelujah. And so he did that. Can you say amen? So come on, guys. I want you to come up right now. And I want us just quickly, Pastor Danny, what was maybe the one time where you, heard the voice of God, whether it was a dream, a visitation, or whatever it was, and tell us just quickly, just the practical bits. You got that, what did you do, what was the word, how did it come to help the people tonight?
1: Pastor John and family tonight, for me... Come to uh, the front, García. Well, I grew up in a Hindu home, and we went through to Sunday school, and uh, there came a time where I ran away from the things of God. And uh, God, in His goodness, um, brought some people over to my home. And speaking of the voice of God, I ran away from it. In fact, I used to jump out the window when the meeting was happening, and I'll promise my parents I will be staying. So I ran away all the time from the presence of God. And even me in running away, you spoke about a conscience, Pastor John, and that would be so hard on me. I'll go to wherever I want to go, but I was never at peace. Yeah. Today I can say that was God's voice ministering to me. And the turnaround came as in going through to, uh, to church. Our connection to the Durban Christian Center, like I said, uh, that, that was where I got saved. Finally, I could not run anymore and I surrendered my life. I remember the day that I was born again. Yes. This is now going on to 32 years plus. I remember the color of pants that I wore the day that I got saved, Pastor John. I remember the top that I had. I remember the design on on the shirt that I had because that born-again experience was so real to me. And and it was as though I was the only individual in church that day. When God speaks, He has the ability to single you out. He does. And that day I knew I was caught out here. And just quickly, we're in a a, a time period of soccer now. I knew that day we were going through to play a game and we were in a tournament, but I had a witness, talk about the voice of God, I had a witness we're going to win the tournament. And... uh, going through, knowing that when you win and there's celebration, then there's drinks and everything that goes on. I said, Lord, if I give my life to you, I'm talking to the Lord while he's ministering to me. I didn't know this much. Uh, I said, Lord, if I go through and I give my life to you, I'm going to fail you because here I am. I'm going to give in to these, yeah. But I, I made a decision that day to the voice of God prompting me. I said, yes, I went through. We won the tournament. We played. I, I, all I had was a Coke and a piece of meat and I ran away from that place. But my connection to the house of God here the Durban Christian Center, I was invited to, a Bible, uh, to the Bible College, an wow. uh, open day, and there was a prophet that it was told that was at this meeting. I was told of this prophet that he could see on the inside of you and the one day he asked an individual, tell me what is it that I see on the inside? They were supposed to be fasting and the individual said, well, the fasting is going well. And the prophet said to him, what is that donut that I see on the inside of you? <laughs> so that's the voice of God. But that very same prophet was the late prophet Kim Clement. Oh, okay. I didn't know it. I came to that meeting. And he said to me, I couldn't understand this, talking about the voice of God. He said to me, you will be a son in this house. Wow. And so, but it was through that. It was through that where I kept serving, continued. You see, sometimes, Pastor John, the voice of the Lord comes to us. God gives us a direction. We don't know how to unfold it. And for me, the best thing I ever did was to just be committed and serve in the house of the Lord in response to the voice of God, and that unfolded the promise of what he had for me. Amen.
2: Praise God. All right, Pastor Ricardo, tell us your story in one minute. In one minute. <laughs> um, Pastor John, uh, the beginning was I was in Bible college, yeah, and then the one afternoon um, on my way home, I saw a tow truck towing a tow truck.
0: Oh, boy, that's a bad situation <laughs> there.
2: And it was my first time ever seeing a tow truck towing a tow truck, and God began to show me that, you know, the tow truck is actually... A Christian yeah and the core is actually an unbeliever yeah and he said I want you to become like that I want you to encourage other Christians not... did you
0: feel that now how did you feel that was he I'll, I'll tell what? you okay well, I'll tell you why because was it a dream
2: you No, know, it was in a taxi going home from Bible College and I actually messed up in Bible College and I, I ran away from Bible College but the people that encouraged me were actually my people in the world yeah they, they looked after me, they welcomed me and the church people weren't looking after me. And so that's why that analogy, God said, I don't want you to be like them haters. Be okay. a donator. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not a hater, but a donator. Um,
2: then it was guys from Canada that came down to yeah. a youth group and this guy just said to me, you know what, God has called you for the nations and he didn't know me from a bottle of soap and he, it was by the prophetic yeah. word. Then I went came to Bible college, went to work, and then it was uh, a phone call that Kim actually got from my mom. Yeah. You, you called uh, pastor. pastor Wayne called me to set up a meeting with you on a Tuesday, um, on the Thursday, which was Kim's birthday, the 17th of October. Uh, my mom phoned her that morning and said, uh, you know what? Um, she didn't even wish Kim. She said to Kim, uh, get ready. Your husband's going into full-time ministry, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs>
0: So she's sitting here tonight?
2: <laughs> no, no, that's Kim's mother, oh. my mother.
0: Oh, your mother? Oh, mom,
2: okay. Yeah. And then um, Kim phones me and says, Hey, did you tell your mother you're having a meeting with Pastor John? I said, No, Pastor John is talking to me about systematic, because I thought it was about systematic. I didn't know what it was. And cut a long story short, <laughs> I had a meeting
0: with you, and the rest is history. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> Just one example of how you were heard. The, vo- the, the voice of God, the, the, and, and, and just to help, yeah, just quickly.
3: In about 2009, I inherited our family home, and I was offered a position in the Eastern Cape. And uh, at the end of that year, I had packed my boxes, I sent everything through, through to the Eastern Cape, drove to the Eastern Cape, drove for 13 hours, but two weeks before I left to go there, um, I just felt that this was wrong. And it took me 13 hours to drive all the way there. How did you
0: feel that was wrong, Pastor Albie?
3: I just felt negative. I in, inherited you felt the family a strong home. Our, our, our family had come together for the first time in 18 years. And I just got this nervousness. I just felt this negativity. But I packed up because okay. I just then- loved the house of God. In yeah. any case, I moved there. And the moment that I drove into town, I wasn't listening to a CD, I wasn't listening to a preach. There was nothing that was on, and I just felt or heard a voice say, "This is wrong." And I nearly rolled my car. Hmm. And was it, an uh, it was an audible voice. It was an audible voice. I was so the one that heard. you the rare the
0: species that I was talking about. You're obviously way up high there with God. No, 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 no.
3: <laughs> and then I said, "Lord, if this is you, you've got to confirm your word from tonight." And now. When I walked into the um, home where the leaders had lived, they had actually moved my room from where the leaders had lived to where the students had lived. So that was the first negative. But then about three or four months later, what happened when I drove into town, I had this conversation with God, I was actually angry, and I said, well, where do I belong? And I felt God say to me, you belong in the city of the place of your birth, and that is here in Durban. And three or four months later, a friend of mine's father-in-law died, and she asked me, would you come and lead worship at the funeral, which is what I did. And the reverend came up to me afterwards, and he said to me, hey man, where are you from? You know, what do you do? You know, who, who are you? And blah, 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 blah. And he said, well, I just feel that I need to encourage you to go and read about the the story of Jacob and Esau. So I rolled my eyes and he said, don't do that. He said, because there's just something about the story of Jacob going back, returning back to the place of his birth. Ah, so that bore witness in your spirit. And this is where I belong, I'm home.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. All right, Pastor Kwanda, we're running out of time.
4: Uh, good evening, Pastor John. Um, God spoke to me through, you know, through, through two different ways, through dreams and through people. Um, Tell us the
0: dream one. The
4: dream. It's actually a combination of two plus okay. one into one. Um, what had happened was I used to have these dreams um, where I was driving this uh, convertible BMW. I had no car, taking so taxis M3 and M3 or M6. you know, all of the above, you know, I, all of the above, all the above. And so what had happened was I used to try to con- fully loaded everything in the paid for, praise the Lord. And so what had happened is I used to drive this convertible and. I mean, being, you know, being a guy that used to take a text, I used to think, wow, Lord, you set me up for something good, yeah? And, but I used to have these dreams, and it was the same car, Pastor John, and I used to often have these dreams. And so one day, I walked up to Pastor Wayne, because I remember he was talking to us back in the youth about dreams. And I said, hey, I keep having these dreams. What could this mean? And Pastor Wayne said, whenever you have a dream, driving a car, God is speaking to you about ministry. I loved the church, but I didn't want to be in the ministry, Pastor John. And so for me, it was like, oh, okay, I think God is setting me up for the real car, not the ministry. And so, you know, I, was, I still continue having these dreams, Pastor John. And one day, somebody, a student in Bible college came to me and said, hey, I had a dream about you. You are driving this massive white truck. And on the side, it at Durban Christian Center. Wow. And you are driving this truck into DCC. Didn't know what that meant. And I heard that uh, Dr. Richard Gray was interpreting dreams, so I walked up to him and I said, hey, listen, Pastor Gray, uh, somebody had a dream about me um, that I was driving this right. massive white truck from the bottom, from Galway up, and I was driving into the church. What could this mean? And, and he said to me, well, God, God is setting you up for ministry. It's going to be in Durban Christian Center, and it's going to be a big ministry. I still wasn't happy with that. But what I love about God is what you said, Pastor John, is that God will always confirm his word. Yeah. On the 22nd of January... 2014 God confirmed that yeah. and he confirmed it through you Pastor John I got called into a meeting I was a manager at Suncoast mm. the job I mean um, that place was about to close down but I just had this peace on the inside everybody was worried there were waiters there that had been there for yeah. 12 years but I had this peace. got called into the church on, the, on that day the 22nd of John Pastor John you called me into into the ministry I walked out that day and I don't know if you remember but I I wasn't too happy about that
0: yeah
4: I, I wasn't ready for that because for me, it was, local. I've never had somebody prophesy to me. Yeah. And God said to me, well, because, Gwanda, I've been preparing you through those dreams for the ministry. When I walked out that place, I said, God, I need you to confirm this. And God confirmed it, Pastor John. I had no car, I had no license, none of the above. I asked, him, I said, can I take a week off? After a week, I'll be back. Yeah. In that week, I prayed to God. I said, Lord, if this is really you, like you, like what you said, Pastor John, I need to know that you're going to take care of me. I need a car, Lord. God said to me, you need to do the license before you get the car. So I went through, I failed my license. Oh boy. I drove through the stop streets, I drove through the stop streets. The officer closed the book and said, let's go back. This is it. I said, that I pass? She said to me, how, how can you pass when you saw what you did? <laughs> Got back there. She scratched it, Pastor John. Scratched it. And she was about to write fail. She looked at me and she said, I don't know, but for some reason, something tells me that I need to pass you. She passed me. Wow. The,
0: wow, isn't that amazing?
4: The next thing was I said to the Lord Lord on the 18th of March 2015 my birthday I'm believing you for a car. Apollo 6 Lord. Things weren't working out. On the 18th of March I get a phone call from Pastor Ricardo. Pastor you need to pull through. Everything has been sorted. I picked up my car on the 18th of of March 2015. God confirmed everything and God. God took me through the journey Pastor John. Thank you.
0: Amen. We're just giving you some examples of how God has spoken to people and we're no different from you. If he can do it with us, you know he can do it with you as well. Pastor Causey, tell us.
5: Okay, um, I think ministry was never part of my dreams because I was born in church. I didn't make a choice. So there was a time in my life when I was very angry with God, trying to help somebody who's sitting in this room. Mm. I spent 10 years telling God that I'm not going to save you. I'm only going to give you 50% of my life. But I was coming to church just like you and me. I was paying my tithe, but I knew that because of the storms I saw at home, I said, if God, you are real, why did that thing happen in my family? So I began to take a back step. But I remember it was 1999 when God began to speak in my inner man. Mm. He began to say, my time is over. Mm-hmm. I was having a good time, guys. I was, not, I was having a good time with my friends. I was right profiled in the city. I was with the greatest people. But the voice was following me. I remember why 2 k how many were you? I attended all the parties that were in Devon. That was my last party. Because on January 2000, God says there's a reason that you are alive. Wow. Just in my inner man. I sat with my friend in the picnic. I told them, "I'm going. You're gonna miss me. You're gonna miss me." I didn't know what I was saying, but I just began, and then they started looking for me. And but what I'm saying, God was progressively because He knew me, He knew where I was, and go, and when I came to G- DCC 2000, because I used to be a visitor, I remember that I encountered the love of God. Mm. I would come from Bethsender. Center. I love Chase with my t-shirt, jeans, sitting up there in the gallery. But that love of God, as Pastor John was saying, I said to God at the time, I wanna, when people read John 316, mm-hmm. I want to hear it for like for the first time. Because yeah. sometimes you get familiar with the word of God. So I had this hunger for God. And it is that hunger that God began to fill me. When we talk about dreams, I will leave the service with the presence of the glory of the Lord into my room. And I begin to see dreams. I begin to see vision. And everything sometimes will going to happen in the church, I will see it in the dream. I begin to say, my friends, I need a Daniel to interpret all this. But the first dream that was so phenomenal, especially for Jesus' dome, is when I dream about Pastor Fred, lifting him up, running with him across the dome. Each time I'm running with him, the dome was getting bigger, bigger. So now when I look at this building today, it was like a stadium. It was just getting bigger and bigger. But God, working progressively in my life, he began to deal with me Myself, and he, he gave me the encounter, Pastor John. We were talking about the double edged sword, was the vision of the house. Sometimes we say it. I remember I just come back overseas. I was watching Benihin dedicating the dome. As Benihin was saying, Now this house shall be known. It was like, boom, into my spirit, man. I had friends in my line I started rolling over the floor. I was weeping. I did not understand. I, I sent a message to my pastor. Please, I need to talk to you. God is saying something about the vision, the vision. God engraved that vision in my heart. So it was progressively the ministry, my calling. I begin to understand intercession. Lord, I can't even pray much. And then God drew me in. But the end of the story, the last year at work, I remember that God was bringing me into the ministry of healing. I was reading scriptures. If somebody was sick, I was there. Boogie is sitting at the back there. I remember when he went with a family friend was sick. I began to pray, pray, pray. I think I was prophesying. I was in a way. And when I opened my eyes, the room was full of people. They began to call people all over to come. One of them was a pastor from another church and say, what is this one thing you want? This is how God has anointed you. And I said, I want to resign at work and do ministry full-time. I don't know what I was saying. And that's here I registered my company. That donkey you're speaking about. Each time I was running around, things didn't work, I would forget something. You know, those who are in business are sending uh, these forms that I needed. I then pick up and phone and phone Pastor Joy. Pastor Joy, what are you praying about? Why is everything hard around me? I am sweating for everything. I will pack things in the envelope, but the ID copy will be missing. Mm-hmm. So that's where I felt that God was saying something. So he has been unfolding and unfolding in my life. Amen. Praise God.
0: Amen. Now, look, I know we're talking about these folks coming into the ministry, but it doesn't have to be that for you. It can be decisions that you have to make. I want us just to access the practical aspect of how to hear the voice of God. How was it for you, Pastor Ineos?
6: Um, it was the year 2000, I just finished my matric in 99, so I was at the University of the Free State, and um, it was about September, so I was just like, should I stick with medicine, or should I do, at that time, you know, this post, the MCS ship. I thought, let me get my music degree, get wow. on a boat for like four or five years, go to Dubai, make a lot of money, come back, build, a, you know, just live large. Then maybe think about church, because I, I really hated church. My mother was a Sunday school teacher, so she used to give me a hiding for me to go to church, because sometimes i would come early hours in the morning, um, and then she's like, you're going to church whether you like it or not. Okay. So I felt like church was that thing that crept my style, so I didn't really like it very much. So in 2000, while I was at the university, I was born again in 97, so... I, we were in a thing called SCO, Student Christian Organization. So I was just there. We were watching this thing. So these people, they just came out. They, it was a clown and a mime. And they were just doing a skit about read the Bible or something like that. And while I'm watching this thing, they're doing all this. I'm not, people are laughing. I'm not laughing because God is like, you need to be there. I'm like, I don't know these people, like, but you need to be there. So they left. I never spoke to them. So I went home for like two weeks. I couldn't sleep. And the one time I just like, okay, so Lord, I don't know them and God put the name of the place. It's a Criari Ministries International. I'm like, this is weird right now. So I went to one of my friends at their workplace and I said, give me your directory book. Those days we had direct. There was no cell phones and whatever. So I opened a directory book and I looked for this thing and it was in the thing. So I'm like, this is not real. So I called them and said, hey, listen, what's up with you guys? So we're like a Bible school, art school situation. And so I'm like, this is just not happening. So I went to them when they opened. I, so I, spoke, I had to speak to my dad first, which was a big problem because I told him, Dad, there's a problem here, man. I can't go to the university because I think I need to go to Bible school. And so me and my dad, he didn't talk to me for like two weeks. And then I had to go back like, Dad, I can't sleep. I, I need to go to this thing. So the third time, he looked at me in my face, and he says, well, just to give you a little bit of a background of the story, my grandfather was a businessman, like a, a, a proper, proper businessman in the 50s and the 60s. And so Nicholas Bengu came to Bloemfontein, and my, my grandfather got born again. So when he got born again, he was the first guy in our family to get born again. So Nicholas Bengu came to stay at his house, because he had a Porsche house. And he said to him, "You need to go into the ministry." So when he did that, when he got born again, there was some stuff in his shop that he couldn't sell anymore. So the, 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 the business really went down. But it didn't go down when he was there. He actually came to Peter Marie's back at what to, to, to a Bible school there, and he actually lost everything. So my dad never recovered
0: okay. because
6: he had to leave school and so to that's try to the business. So he looked at me and he told me, asked me a question: If you go into ministry, who's going to take care of you? How are you going to live this life? And I was like 19. So I that was a legitimate question from your dad who has to pay fees for you. And I looked at him and I said to God, here's a chance. You don't give me something to say to this man. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. And the Lord said to him, tell him this. And I said, I said to my dad, I don't know, but God will provide. He looked at me and he walked away. He never said a word. He, and, he, and then he just, he, it seems that he never said a word. He, and, I, and I just said to him, Dad, you know what? Maybe if this is not God, then let's do this. Pay for only first year. Mm-hmm. And I will pay for the rest of it. Yeah. He looked at me and it's like, I'll take up on your word. You're a big man. So he paid for one year. And literally the day he stopped paying for my fees, it's... I, money just started coming in for my fees. I finished the second year, third year, till the fourth year. But the weird part was on the, on my third year, I wanted to leave Bible school because it was getting hard. Like, you know, you trust in the Lord, money is coming, but, you know, you see your, your friends you were in school with, driving cars, and, you you know, you want to get sidetracked. And so, and also, uh, you know, I was born again, but my mother still getting me into trouble and whatever, whatever. So one time... I was fasting for a week and i was fasting to stop talking i'm like god can't you make me like these people who don't talk right it was a weird it was a weird situation that happened and so that weekend we had a camp so at this camp they said to us hey who of you has never received a prophecy and i'm like um that's me because prophets in a township are weird people so but if you guys say prophecy, so I went, but I was the la- one of the last people. So I walked into this thing and the guy, he was wearing a check shirt and he was just, he said to me, don't worry, I'm praying in tongues I'm building up my spirit. And so he went rabba, shabba, and then he says, you talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody in the room knew what he was saying, you know, and then, and then I'm, I'm like, hey, God. So he, read your, he, he read your mail. You're doing good, <laughs> keep talking. And then he said to me, and he says, God says, don't be ashamed of that because I want to use my, your mouth to speak to nations. So that was uh, confirmation wow. number one. And then later on, there was another—I mean, there was another confirmation that came where um, I wanted to go into business because I wanted to make quick money. Like, okay. you know, it's almost like was like my dad's words are coming true now. This yeah. God is yeah. not working. And I remember the prophet when you know he, he, he didn't ask me a question. He just looked at me and he said. You want to do a business, but the Lord says that's not the route I'm taking you right now. You need to preach the gospel and you need to preach it with all your heart. You need to go where I send you. And so every time I try to give up, there will will always be a voice that comes to say, Nana, you are on the right path. And so that's how it
0: happened for me. Praise God. Is that amazing? Pastor John, tell us. Tell us.
7: For me, Pastor John, uh, my life was messed up. Right. You know, in 1998, I remember... You know, I heard this voice. It was saying, get up, get up. So, you know, I opened my eyes. I thought, hey, maybe I'm zwanged or something, you know. Out Fascinating of it. or something. You know, then I went back to sleep. And then I got up again because I heard the voice say, get up, get up. So I got out of my bed and I, I went out of the room. And usually I never, ever used to go into my daughter's room. And when I went into the room there, I find her over the bed frotting. She took an overdose. Wow. That's when I first heard the voice of God. You know, I, I, I an was serving God. Right? I wasn't serving God.
0: I wasn't serving God. And uh, you see how much God wants to talk to us, even when we're not, not serving, serving God, God. I mean, He can still talk to us, and disaster to talk to us. Yeah.
7: and then uh, we rushed to the hospital, and you know, things happened. But you know, I still was running. You know, I was I was still running from God. And this poor pastor, I felt sorry for him. Three times he came, you know, and he said me, no, God sent me. I used to keep him by the gate. God sent me. But the third time I let him in, you know. And he spoke, he spoke to me. But, you know, I couldn't sleep. Every night I, I, I used to hear the voice saying, go to church. And, you know, I used to think, I used to wake up, my wife say, oh, are you talking to me? He said, no. And I went to the church and I had an encounter with God there. I got so filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, I don't know whether I was going to blow up because my heart felt like it was going to pop out. You know, everything was happening. And, you know, from that day onwards, that scripture came where God said in, in Ezekiel 36, 20, 26, He says, I will put a new spirit in you and I'll give you a new heart. And from that day, you know, I, I became a different person, but I wasn't satisfied. But I remember the day when I walked into Durban Christian Center. I was still on my, you know, you know the one, one leg in, one leg out. But I remember when Sister Nelly said this, I want to tell you there's someone there, God loves you. And you know, I came running to that altar to repent. But when I went, met my friend, uh, you know, Pastor Arnold, he was here. And he said to me, you know, man, you need to come because we were great buddies. You know, we did a lot of wrong things together. I said, okay, I'll let you know. But that night, I heard that voice saying to me, I'm going to do something new in you. You go to Bible college. I knew, you know, when the, when the Spirit of God speaks to you, it's just like, it comes into you. So I got up that morning, I thought, oh, you know me, I lost the house, I lost the business, I lost everything. I'm going to tell this woman now that God's saying to me, I must go to Bible college But you know what amazed me? She said, if that's what God told you to do, that's what I need you to do. And the rest is history, you know. That's why I'm here. I'm still here in the house. God bless you. Praise
0: God. Amen. Amen. So just to wrap up, God is alive. God is a speaking God. And he still speaks to you and I tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The only thing that will separate you from God is our sin. But tonight, you don't have to allow sin to separate you from God and from hearing the voice of God. He loves you. He wants you to know that you are loved by Him. He wants you to know that He is here tonight ready to forgive you, ready to cleanse you. And I want to pray for those of you tonight that say, Pastor, my life is not right with God. Maybe you're watching by way of live stream. You're away from God. As you heard these testimonies. You heard Pastor John, God speaking to him, even whilst he was not serving God. That's how desperate God wants to communicate with you. But tonight, he's ready to receive you just the way that you are. You said, oh, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know the things that I've committed. Listen, I know that there might be bad stuff that we've done as people, but God loves us, and he takes us and receives us just the way that we are. So I'm going to count to three. When I get to three... And that's you that I'm speaking to. I just simply want you to lift your hand as a sign, all right? You ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Go ahead and pop your hand up high. You say, Pastor, I'm ready to come. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? I see that hand right now. Anybody else right now? You say, That's me. Would you pray for me? I'll gladly do that. Anybody else? Let's all stand up to our feet tonight. You put your hand up right in the back there. Uh, in the back there just lift your hand up sir that's okay all right amen can we all say this together help that person tonight let's all say heavenly father I come to you tonight in Jesus name just as I am with all of my faults all of my failures and all of my sin and I ask you, for and ask you for forgiveness I repent tonight, I repent thank, tonight. You for your blood thank you for your that blood cleanses that cleanses me and washes me and washes I receive me. eternal life receive and the forgiveness of all of my sins and from tonight I am no longer an enemy of God But I am a friend of God. I am a a child of God. And I receive the ability to hear your voice and to communicate with you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Just before we go, can you put your hand on either side of the person, on either side of you? Maybe there's some of you tonight that are needing clear direction. I don't know. You're needing a word from God. You're needing a clear direction. Maybe there's a decision that you have to make. I want us to pray for one another right now. I know that there are a lot of voices that are clamoring to be heard. But there's only one voice, and that's the voice of God. And normally I, 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 I silence every voice, and I'm going to do that tonight, all right? So before you pray, let me just pray. Lord, right now as I bring your people to you, I take authority over every voice that is not of you. I silence the voice of our flesh in the name of Jesus I silence the voice of the world and the worldly system I silence every demonic voice right now every familiar voice in the name of Jesus I silence every voice that is not of you Lord and right now I thank you for our ability the ability to hear the voice of God I release people, my God, to not just know you, but to be able to recognize and hear the voice of God. And that that voice, Lord, would be confirmed by the mouth of two or three witnesses, two or three scriptures. That we can use your word to back up what we are hearing, what we are sensing. Whether it be by dreams, whether it be by vision whether it be in circumstances, Lord, we don't want to ask the question, is it you, God? But we want to be able to know that it is you and have the confidence that it is you that is speaking to us in Jesus' name. Now go ahead and just pray for one another right now. Come on, just go ahead. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in English. That's right. Just pray for one another right now that we'll hear the voice. We'll obey the voice. We'll do the voice. We'll hearken to the voice right now. That's right. That's right. Just keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we seal it right now, and we go from this place blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.